0: There's a lengthy passage that we're going to read today from verse 13 and it's still in the first missionary journey of of Paul and Barnabas. Verse 13, now Paul and his companions put out to sea from Paphos and came to Perga in, in Pamphylia and John left them and returned to Jerusalem. But going on from Perga, they arrived in Pisidian, Antioch. And on the Sabbath day, they went into the synagogue and sat down. And this is a normal thing that happens, right? And after the reading of the law and uh, uh, and the prophets, the synagogue officials sent to them, that's Paul and Barnabas, saying, Brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say it. Verse 16, And Paul stood up. And motioning with his hand, he said, Men of Israel and you who fear God, listen. The God of this people Israel chose our fathers and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt. And with an uplifted arm, he led them out from it. And for a period of about 40 years, he put up with them in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he distributed their land as an inheritance, all of which took about 450 years. And after these things he gave them Judges and Samuel the prophet. And then they asked for a king and God gave them Saul the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin for 40 years. And after he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, and concerning whom uh, he also testified and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. And from the offspring of this man, according to the promise, God uh, has brought to Israel a Savior. Jesus. And John had proclaimed before his coming a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And while John was completing his course, he kept saying, What do you suppose that I am? I am not he, but behold, one is coming after me, the sandals of whose Feet. I am not worthy to untie, and brethren, sons of Abraham's family, and those among you who fear God, uh, to us the word of this salvation is sent out for those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers, recognizing neither him nor the utterances of the prophets which are read every Sabbath, fulfilled these by condemning him, and though they found no ground for putting him to death, they asked Pilate that he be executed. And when they had carried out all that was written, Concerning Him, they took Him down from the cross and laid Him in the tomb. But God raised Him from the dead, and for many days He appeared to those who came up with Him from Galilee to Jerusalem, the very ones who are now His witnesses to the people." And we preach to you the good news of the promise made to the fathers, that God has fulfilled this promise to our children in that He raised up Jesus, as it is also written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee. And as for the fact that He raised Him up from the dead no more to return to decay, He has spoken in this way, I will give you the holy and sure blessings of David. Therefore, He also says in another psalm, You will not allow your Holy One to undergo decay. And for David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep. And he was laid among his fathers and underwent decay. But he whom God raised did not undergo decay. Therefore let it be known to you, brethren, that through him forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And through him everyone who believes is freed from all things, from which you could not be freed through the law of Moses. Take heed, therefore." so that the things spoken of in the prophets may not come upon you. Behold the scoffers and marvel and, uh, and perish, for I am accomplishing a work in your days, a work which you will never believe, though someone should describe it to you. And as Paul and Barnabas were going out, the people kept begging that these things might be spoken to them the next Sabbath. Now when the meeting of the synagogue had broken up, many of the Jews and of the God-fearing proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, were urging them to continue In the grace of God, Amen. I know that was a long passage, but hopefully you're understanding the context of what's happening here. Paul and Barnabas are on this first missionary journey, and they've gone from different place to place, and they arrive in Pisidian Antioch. And on the Sabbath, they just go in, and they're, uh, they're they're together with all of the other people on that particular day. And the the leaders of the synagogue approach Paul and Barnabas, and they say, "If you have anything," To say a word of encouragement for the people, I ask you, would you say it now? And in a sense, it's putting them on the spot, right? And that's where I get this this this, this title, word of encouragement, from, from this passage. And uh, I don't know if you know uh, what the top fears of Americans are. Uh, I don't know what you're afraid of. I mean, there have been shows like Fear Factor or Fear of Eating Bugs or Bugs and all these different high places and stuff like that. Uh, But here's one particular study that I have for you. Uh, Chapman University, um, they did a survey on what Americans are afraid of and top of the list, right? 25 25 pe- percent of Americans say they're afraid of public speaking, and the list goes on. Some of these, you know, definitely heights, bugs, snakes, drowning. You know, blood, uh, not blood, blood, needles, uh, claustrophobia. And I don't know if you're afraid of zombies or <laughs> or what you're afraid of. But I, I want to highlight the first one: public speaking. Uh, the reason why I-, I bring you this study is because when a person is asked to share the gospel, in a sense, I I, I think that fear plays plays in there right that whether it's an individual or a group of people whenever we are on the spot when the attention is solely on us as a speaker there's a fear in that and what almost heightens the fear is that we're speaking the gospel trying to say a message that could really rub a person the wrong way and has a life or death type of consequence and so when the when the consequences are, are that much more higher Uh, it elevates the fear in actually being on the spot and presenting that. And so I I share this study because uh, the premise of what I want to say to you today is that we as children of God, followers of Christ, should always be ready to share a word of exhortation. If you've ever been on the spot, to share in your job, right? You've had to, uh, to, to stand in front of a group of people. There's a, a sense of trepidation to that. And I don't know if you've ever had a chance to, to share the gospel with somebody. Uh, Paul, as he was mentoring this young protege, Timothy, this is what Paul had to say in one of his letters to him. He says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who is to judge the living and the dead and by His appearing and His kingdom preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. In season and out of season. The simple translation, there are no vacations to that. Be always ready. Be always ready to share the word. And for Paul and Barnabas on this Sabbath, when they were put on the spot by these synagogue officials, now mind you, they were prepared because they had been sent out for such a purpose. But nonetheless, put on the spot on that particular day, do you have a word for the people? And Paul stands up and he shares this eloquent message with the folks. And at the end of this passage, many people had believed and they were following Paul and Barnabas. I want to share a couple of things. Uh, The first main idea is that you are the light wherever you go, right? You are the light wherever you go. Uh, We all know the value of light and the Bible calls us the light. And I I want to reinforce that, that when you go into the workplace, you are a light there. As a person in your family, you are a light to your relatives, to your nuclear family. Where we go, Christ has called us to be light. And so you are the light wherever you find yourself. If, I don't know if you've ever been to Biola University. Have ever been there? I know Hans has been there because he studies there, right? Uh, uh, if you've ever been to Biola University, they have a great library on campus there. And uh, I, I love this. The first time I went there, I was so kind of in awe by this simple message that they have when you walk in. And... On campus, they have this kind of little square of grass in, 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 in the middle. And on one side of it, they have this beautiful, beautiful library. And when you enter the library, there is the phrase on top, I am the light of the world, referring to what Jesus said of himself, I am the light of the world. And so you go in believing and knowing that Jesus says that he is the light, and you go do your thing, you study, whatever you do there, and when you leave, there is another phrase on the other side, the inside of that outer wall, and it says, you are the light of the world. And I love the message of that. Understanding you're walking into this place where you're studying the Word of God and Jesus is the light of the world. And after attaining the knowledge or whatever you've done there, know that you go out into the world and God says, you're the light. And so we are the light because the light, the true light, resides within us. That we are the light wherever we go. That we ought to humbly yet boldly shine whenever needed. I shared this before, Um, on the third third Saturday of of the month there is this uh, outreach effort in Costa Mesa, right, serving the homeless. And the first time I went was the month before Thanksgiving of last year, so it was October of 2016. And it was the first time I had gone and, um, you know, I was interested in maybe bringing some of our church members maybe for the Thanksgiving month and I didn't want to just show up on Thanksgiving so I decided I wanted to go the month before, so that's why I went in October of last year. And, you know, meeting with uh, the coordinator and, you know, the different people that, that have a semi-leadership role over there. Very, very nice folks. And uh, I think it was that first month where they asked me, you know, um, once I was talking with them what I did. And I said I was a pastor in the area, right? And whether it was the second or third, maybe it was the second or third month. I don't know if it was November or December. Um, there was normally a pastor that speaks um, because the, the, the order of events for the serving from one to five is prepping food from you know, all the way until four o'clock and getting ready through an orientation and then serving the food from four. But before the food gets out, there's a short service. And so there's a couple of songs of worship. And then uh, somebody comes up to share a short message. And then there's some prayer, singing happy birthday if anyone had a birthday, and then serving the food and then cleaning up. And one particular day, uh, when I first got there, there was a pastor from the host church that always spoke the message. And whether it was the second or third month, I I don't remember right now. Um, You know, I'm there and we're we're doing whatever we're doing to prep. And literally like 10 minutes before (laughs) uh, uh, the service was supposed to start, the, the, the other pastor that normally spoke wasn't there. And so the coordinator, uh, the president over there at Stanbridge, uh, he comes up to me, hey, you know, um, can you speak today, <laughs> right? And I, I mean, I, I speak normally, but I, I tell you honestly, I was nervous, right? I mean, it's, I'm speaking to a demographic that I normally don't speak to, right? And I had no time to prepare. I had nothing to think about. I didn't have a Bible on me, Right? And so if I have my phone, I know I have a Bible app there, but I got no notes in my Bible app. All my notes that I've written down are, are in my Bible, in the margins here. And so if I have this Bible, I feel very confident wherever I can go to share a word because I can open up and I can see something in there that I've written and interacted with. But suddenly, 10 minutes before we had to go up, I had my phone with me, and he's asking me, the pastor's not here, can you share a word? And my heart started to raise, I was like, uh, um but a pastor should be able to speak. So I said, okay. <laughs> I, 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 I just agreed. And so immediately I left there. I walked outside. I sat on a large rock. I took out my phone. I opened up the Bible app and said, Lord, what do you want to say? <laughs> right?" And my, uh, my whole thought process through, through this was, number one, God, what do you want to say? How can I make a connection? right? And I started to sit there and just kind of quiet my heart and as I was just trying to interact and converse with God and, and imagine the group of people that were to be my listeners, God said a, a word in my heart. And I didn't speak for a long time, I think maybe seven minutes or so, right? It wasn't a long message by any means. But it did put me on the spot. But there, there's something that I want to communicate here. Now, when you go to a space, you might not be called to preach a message, right? You might not be called to 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 go to a, a large group or a group of 50 or 60 and someone's going to say, hey, can you preach a sermon, right? A five, 10-minute sermon. That might not be the case. But there are times where spontaneously there are opportunities for you to share the gospel with somebody or a small group of people. And what I want to say to you today is this, that as a follower of Jesus, you called to share a word, a word, to be able to share whether a full gospel presentation, some sort of exhortation, that be ready for that, to know that when God sends you out into the world, wherever that world takes you, whatever path you might find yourself on, that you are called as a light to that path. And as a light, if you are in a dark space and you're the only one with a flashlight, I guarantee you people will gravitate to you. Guarantee. And God has called us as lights. And He says, you are the light of the world. And so wherever you go, that we are called to shine that light. Some years ago, um, I, this was before we started City Chapel. Some years ago, I, I took a, a team... A handful of people to India one time and um, you know we were traveling through the Punjab area and um, it was I think we had eight people including myself and uh, it was really hot mind you <laughs> all right? and wherever they wherever you go to be hospital they serve you warm soda it's like I think we drank we drank so much soda all right so everywhere we went is just hospitalities. they give you soda right and uh, It was amazing. You just sweat. You don't even pee. I mean, that's maybe too much information. TMI, right? You don't even have to go pee because you're just sweating out all your body fluids, right? Uh, But one particular day, we were traveling through this village area and we were with this team. And, you know, there are times where where we go, you know, they ask, you know, hey, pastor, can you pray for the house or this or that? And that's the case. And we went to this uh, one larger house and... um, uh, what is it, um, you know, as we sat there, I just, I, you know, w- w- one of our, you know, church members, Tay, he was a part of that team. And I remember when we got to the house and, you know, they asked if we could share a word. And I don't know, I just didn't feel like sharing. So I said, hey, Tay, <laughs> could you share a word, right? And uh, uh, he, he got up and he, right there on the spot, was able to, to, to share the gospel there. And after he finished, you know, uh, we wrapped up and we had, in a sense, kind of like an altar call. And, you know, I asked the folks, you know, would you believe in Jesus and accept him as Lord and as Savior? And the head of the household, the husband, the father, he, 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 agreed, he said yes. And he, uh, probably like 50 to 100 feet behind us, there was this room, this inner room in this house complex that he had. And had a bunch of idols on shelves, right? And uh, I said, you know, if you have believed in Jesus, would you go into that back room right now and take down all your idols? And he, he did so, and he took that down. He followed us the rest of the afternoon through that, and he was just kind of fanning us, right, because it was so hot. And, I mean, I, I share that because, I mean, that was somewhat of a unique situation where I was able to take a team member who had done a little bit of training, a gospel presentation. He had prepared a certain thing about that before, but not knowing when you would be called up. Now that was a unique situation, but I share that to say that if you are called on the spot to share a message, you have an opportunity. There are five people gathered, 15 people gathered, and there is an opportunity for you to share a word of exhortation with that group. Can you get up and share that word? Will fear grip you and hold you back or will you allow your trust in God and the opportunity that is presented to you, will you seize that and be able to share a word in that moment? And my word to you today is, I hope that you will be. I hope that you will be. You might not be the most eloquent speaker, but know that as a follower of God, you are called to be a light and to be able to share a word wherever you might go. The second thing that I'll say is this, that with the light that you are, point people to Jesus. And it, it really is kind of simple that way, right? You know, uh, I know in the news right now, uh, the, the president, you know, is uh, all over the news with kind of his staff that are around. And I know the, uh, the press secretary is going through this change right now. But, so I'm not talking about the current administration's press secretary, but I was just thinking about the press secretary in general, right, for any president. What does a press secretary do? They go into that uh, briefing room or that, 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 that room where all the media is present and this press secretary hears from the president from an inner room and simply hears first and speaks next. Speaks what he heard, right? And so he might put his own personality. She might be able to share things that shows uniqueness of who she is, whoever he or she may be. But hear first, share next. And you're sharing what you heard, right? That's kind of what I want to say, all right? That when we have an opportunity to share with folks, whoever and however many people there might be, that we are called to be a light, and through that light, point people to Jesus. Scripture, another verse in Timothy, when Paul says, all Scripture is inspired by God, all right? Profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and for training in righteousness. And that word, inspired, means breathe right and so that all scripture is god breathe that god breathed life the word the soul into the scriptures and that in a sense is the calling of us as a person who speaks the word that may god breathe words and life into us as we share those words right in second corinthians there's this wonderful passage that Paul writes, Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have uh, renounced the things hidden because of shame, not walking in craftiness or adultering the word of God, but by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ, in the face of Christ. And so what Paul is saying is it is not preaching ourselves, what we have received in this light. This is the light that we share with you. And I don't know if you've ever considered yourself a preacher. Right? Maybe not a pastor, a preacher, a person who, who shares the word. Right? Maybe not from a pulpit, but in a room, in a car ride. Have you considered and thought of yourself as a person who shares the word? And from our passage, let me give you a simple outline because at times I think we can get stumbled. You know, what do I say if I, if I have an opportunity, right? We, we fear that we might say the wrong things. When you ask people, you know, why are you afraid to, to share your faith? A lot of the times people will say is, I, I don't have all the answers. I don't know what to say all the time, right? And I think that's a, that's a valid thing to a certain extent, you know, that there needs to be our ability to be able to understand uh, basic tenets of, of our faith. But let me give you a simple outline or just three simple bullet points of at least a place to start if you've ever been given or you will be given an opportunity to share the gospel. And I take kind of the ideas of these three bullet points from the passage that we read for Paul and what he was sharing to that congregation in Pisidian Antioch. And so as a first idea share a history of what God has done. Now this is a Making it personal, right? This is establishing a connection, and that's exactly what Paul did. He stood up in front of these uh, Jews and proselytes uh, that were there, and he uh, just be- recounts the history of the nation and he starts all the way back in Egypt and he begins to record what God had done through them and he's kind of crafting this theme and this line through it and he connects from David and he goes straight to Jesus and then he begins to go from Jesus and he and he begins to share the faith continually and how salvation or forgiveness is received, right? And so he's sharing a history of what God has done and so for you and your standpoint, you might not have to, if you've given an opportunity in front of a relative or friend to share a, go- share, share a message of exhortation or the gospel with them, you don't have to start with Egypt Egypt, you know you don't have to, to go there but why I say this is begin to share a testimony of what God has done in your life how is your life different because Jesus is present you start there start w- with a place of of personal connection to the gospel how has it affected you what, what has God done in your life start there I think that's a great place to start whenever sharing the gospel with somebody Right, and so start there and secondly use scripture you know you know if you have a few Bible verses that you've memorized understanding the basic ideas of what the gospel is presenting and you can of course start from the famous John three sixteen, go through the famous verses of, of Romans where all have fallen short right and we talk about the grace of God and it's not by what we have done but what God has done for us and understanding basic scriptures of salvation Right? So you start from what God has done in your life, a history there. Secondly, use the Bible. Be able to share and allow the message that you speak to come from truths presented in Scripture. Right? It doesn't have to be exhaustive. It could be basic, but it must be present. Okay? And lastly, let me sh- say this. After you share what God has done in your life and you use Scripture, point people to Jesus. May that be the, the, the funnel of where you're going because as Paul was writing in our passage or speaking as it's recorded in verse 38, Therefore let it be known to you, brethren, that through him, Jesus, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And this is where he was leading the people all along, starting from the history of the nation and going. And he's saying it is through Jesus that this forgiveness is being spoken to you. And you point people there. And I think this can become the place of discomfort, right? Because it's easy to share with a non-Christian and talk about Jesus if it's not asking them to believe, but simply telling them what God has done in your life. That's somewhat okay, right? And you can be able to share certain things in the Bible, but now when you're, you're beginning to point people and say, you know what? It is forgiveness that we need, and it is through Jesus that it is attained. This is where now that fear will come to set in. This is where, you know, I don't want to, to experience rejection, right? And if we feel as though they've rejected the message, they've rejected us in some way. We don't want to cause problems or strains in the relationship and we don't want to to cut off communication in the future. And so we don't want to put people there to say, will you believe in Jesus? But in the end, sharing the gospel, it must point people to this. That it's not just a testimony of what God has done in our lives. And it's not just an objective scripture. It is something that is applicable to all of us. And we point people to Jesus, right? And I I think this is a a real simple way. Share what God has done in your life. Stand from the, the verses and truths of the Bible. And with that, point a light to Christ and say, this is where we need to go. And so I end. You guys come back. It really is just a reiteration of the message. First, as I exit out, be ready <laughs> to give a gospel presentation. You know, um, a couple of weeks ago when I wasn't able to, to lead the service, you know, I was so thankful to the praise team, to, to, to you guys to be able to um, lead, even if it was for this short hour, a time. Of prayer and to be able to share. That's something that, that I, I drew tremendous encouragement from. And uh, sometimes we're forced, and I think if we're, we're put there. It's like there's really no other option. Okay, we'll kind of step up there. But to always, always be ready. Uh, I want to admonish you in that way. And uh, in that, I want you to always think of yourself as, as a minister of Christ. That I, I am a minister. I, I am called as a minister of Christ. I might not get paid from a church, but I am a minister of Christ. I might not have a pulpit that I preach on regularly, but I am a minister of Christ. I want you to understand that is your identity, that God has called you as a minister for Christ to be able to share, to be able to speak, to be able to give freely. And that's how, how I want to encourage you. Amen.